this is the Hong Kong Football Podcast, coming to you for episode 100 from Kowloon, Hong Kong, after a fortnight in which, after a game with barely a shot, Taipo win from the spot to take AFC Cup second round slot, and Lucas and Fernando are back to put Kichi on the right track as they lead the Premier League pack. We've got everything you need to know about what's going on in local football, a new team at the top of the Premier League, FA Cup quarterfinals on the way, and AFC Cup group stage games in Hong Kong. And we also have an interview with Taipo midfielder Philip Chan somewhere in the middle, so stay with us. I'm James Legg, and this... Hello. It's Tobias Dusser. Toby, hello, how are you? Uh, I feel old. <laughs> oh, okay. Coming yeah. from... Well, 100 episodes. <laughs> Basically, our teenage years are gone. I mean, now we have to get serious and mature and all of that. Yeah. Change the entire format. No more silly weird play. Yeah, two old people, two old uncles talking about Hong Kong football. <laughs> yeah, we have entered triple figures. Where, where did the time go? I have no idea. <laughs> What was your favorite episode of the 100 that we've now done? 77. <laughs> I, I, I hope it's a good one. Yeah. <laughs> okay, we'll reissue that specially over the summer. <laughs> but yeah, what's, what's happened this week? Typo in the AFC Cup a little while ago now. It was about two weeks ago, just after our previous episode. It was, let's be honest, it was not the best game. It was a pretty drab affair. Nil-nil. They drew with Ryomyong in the second leg of their qualifying round against the North Korean team. But nil-nil, it finished, went to penalties. It kind of felt as though everyone on the pitch wanted it to go to penalties. It wasn't a much agency in the play. Taipo, I think, looked a bit knackered after such a fixture pile-up trip to North Korea, etc. But they defended well, especially Eduardo Pres. And after a full 120 minutes of football with no goals, we had a penalty shootout. Yes, an exciting penalty shootout. It was, and some amazing penalties. Igor Sartori and Zhao Emir absolutely spanking them into the top left-hand corner of the Ryongyong goalkeeper's net. I think my favourite penalty was by one of the Ryongyong players who scored and did a backflip. <laughs> oh yeah, that was, that was a great performance. I actually like Idado Bray's penalty with his long winding run. <laughs> <laughs> he like ran right off to the left hand side of the pitch and then veered back in to score. Yeah, no typo player missed. All of their Brazilian born players and Harry Sawyer scoring. So it was the three players we've mentioned, Harry Sawyer and Sandro, who scored the decisive one to win uh, 5-3, banishing the demons of that missed penalty for Hong Kong against Malaysia uh, two years ago. Exactly, yeah. And after all, after two very long games with no goals, Taipo did what they set out to do, which was to get into the group stages of the AFC Cup. Well done to them. Absolutely. And I'm looking forward to the AFC Cup group stage. At least we know that we have six exciting home games in Hong Kong, which is kind of an upgrade if you think about the three ACL games that we had to enjoy in the last two years. Uh, so yeah, I'm, I'm totally looking forward to it. And it starts with a very, very big game <laughs> that you have never seen before, <laughs> particularly this season. Yeah, so typo in Group I with fellow Hong Kong team Kichi. Uh, April 25th of North Korea will be there, as will Hang Yun of Taiwan. Now, as you just alluded to, that means that they will play Kichi twice, both times at the Mongkok Stadium in Hong Kong. The first game on April the 3rd, which we'll talk about a little later, will be against Kichi. 
Looking at the group, it's very tough, isn't it? Because only the top team will go through. And Typo probably aren't the favourites to do that. Kichi probably aren't the favourites to do that. April 25th are the favourites. But... Do you fancy the chances of either of these Hong Kong teams getting out of the group? Well, the chances are there. I think the crucial games will be against April 25th. The problem is, in a way, that the, the Hong Kong teams could hurt themselves a little bit if they are taking points from each other rather than the North Korean team. At the same time, they could also collude. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, it's certainly a tough task. Nonetheless, uh, April 25th are this unknown club in this group. I think we will figure out maybe after April how how it might go and also how much effort the teams put inside. Uh, one interesting point I think that also Philip Chen will talk later about is that the teams will be a bit different, particularly for Kitchi, as they have to change the squad around. So we'll see, I think, still an interesting game between Kitchi and Taipo. Yeah, I mean, these sides have met in the Senior Shield final this season, which Kitchi won. So add in two league games, two AFC Cup games, and maybe even an FA Cup match, and they could play each other six times this season. You know, think about last season, they played in two cup finals. These are probably the two most frequently meeting teams uh, in Hong Kong, and now they're just going to find a new way to do it in the AFC Cup. Kichi tend to have the upper hand in this fixture, but... Tended. Tended. <laughs> Past tense, yeah. Until the 3-0 win for Taipo at home uh, a month ago or so. And yeah, that's a lot of matches. More matches than an arsonist backpack. <laughs> Did you like that? Yeah, it's it's not bad. <laughs> Back in the Premier League, Kichi atop after a win over Yunlong. Boo! <laughs> yeah, it's a bit boring. After months of them being out of the top three, the reigning champions are now back where they, well, where we are accustomed to seeing them. But controversial, I would say. Yeah. So what happened is that after the FC Cup schedule was finalized. Uh, Kichi wanted to reschedule one of the games against April 25th, the away game, which would have been in the middle of April. And for that reason, they wanted to reschedule the Yunlong game, which was right after. The sensible thing to do would have been to move it to Monday. But then Yunlong thought that this would have been too close to a potential Suppling Cup final that they may be in on April 27th, so five days later. So somehow they decided then with the HKFA the only other possible date would be on March 23rd during the FIFA break where we know that Hong Kong did not have any games scheduled eventually. And this is why we have just one fixture that past weekend on very short notice, so we also didn't talk about it last time. Yeah, what happens now is that we have a very, very close title race where four teams having realistic chances to still win. And now you have this kind of distortion with one team unnecessarily having one game already played. And yeah, I think it's uh, not good for the integrity of the league. It, it distorts this kind of very competitive last few rounds and yeah not ideal not ideal <laughs> so yeah i think there's a few different things here isn't it because i well we look at it as we're trying to construct and contribute to this narrative of what's happening and as football journalists we're a little bit disappointed to have that narrative like you say distorted by one team having an extra game played now of course, it doesn't give them... It's not an extra match. It's not a free game. <laughs> <laughs> However, like, do you think it gives them a psychological advantage now? Because they were fourth, right? And they were likely to stay that way for a while. Like, if they were going to win the league, they were probably going to go top in a couple of weeks. 
Certainly, and I think the other controversial aspect of this whole situation was that Yuen Long had a very weak game. One of the players, Wang Roy, the center back, of course, was with his national team during this time. Uh, a couple of other players very suspiciously picked up yellow cards in the dying minutes of the previous game. So you had like no Sean Moser in the team. Maronese. So basically what they ended up was a kind of B team that they fielded. So it felt like they also didn't take this game too seriously, treated it more as a game that they will anyway lose. And yeah, this in itself added to this kind of unfortunate optics eventually. Because they probably thought this is a game we're going to lose anyway, right? And so they've got all of these suspended players, many of them important. You're a starting striker, starting centre-back. And now those players aren't suspended for the quarterfinal against Pegasus. The quarterfinal of the FA Cup, yeah. It, that doesn't look good, does it really? Yeah. I no. mean, that sounds actually <laughs> something you really shouldn't be allowed to do. Yeah, it's it's totally legal. <laughs> but yeah, it, it's not good for the integrity of the league eventually. So yeah, a bit sad. Yeah, and especially not great for the other teams who are in the title race with Kichi. But anyway, anyway, let's move on. They won 3-0 thanks to a goal from Lucas and two from Fernando. The second coming from a lovely looping back-heeled pass from Lucas. Although when it was 0-0, Yuen Long forward Clayton made one of the worst misses I've seen all season, firing unmarked from all of six yards, putting it wide. And that could have changed everything. But yeah, 3-0, easy enough for Kichi. Christian Vadoc, heavily involved. So was Jordi, good to see him back amongst it. But Kichi, they're top. Everyone else has a game in hand on them now. They've still got a lot of work to do. And they still need the, the three other teams in the title race, RNF, Taipo and Southern, to drop points. I suppose as well as the psychological advantage that they have, from now going top of the table. Is there a physical advantage as well? Because this spreads out their games a little bit more. It avoids that kind of fixture pile up a little bit. Yeah, a tiny bit, I would say. In the end, it will be one game less, despite they still have the AFC Cup that they have to play in. So slightly better than what Typo have but still a tight schedule nonetheless. We should apologize, by the way. We have a little bit of background noise going on. I can hear... It's a laboratory noise out there <laughs> for the 100th episode. Well, the Police is coming now, joining. Yeah. There's a big street party here in Yamate, if, <laughs> if you can hear it. It mostly involves construction work and police sirens. And it, birds. <laughs> yeah, it's just the sounds of, of urban Hong Kong. Just so that you know that we're really here. We're not doing this from... Well, I pre-recorded all of that. <laughs> we're sitting here in Bali. <laughs> I was at the Mongkok a couple of weekends ago to watch Taipo against Pegasus. The Greens did well, coming back from 1-0 down to win 2-1 with two excellent goals. Igor Sartori with a long-range strike to cancel out Rosen Kolev's opener. And Lee Ka Ho with a delightful free kick in off the post to make it 2-1 and seal the three points. You know what I was most impressed by here? Tell me. Was the fact that Typo weren't that good. I think what I enjoyed about them was that they won whilst actually being fairly utilitarian in, in their style. You know, I mean, the first half they were barely there and they were lucky to only be 1-0 down, I think. And then it was as though they were conserving their energy for the second half when they would go out and do what they do, which is to actually really try and take the game to their opponents. And this is the total opposite of what we've always kind of talked about with Taipo is that they look great when they're winning, but they look terrible when they're losing. Like what they're managing to do is look pretty bad, but still win, which to rely on an old footballing cliche is the sign of a champion team. Exactly. So looking back at the Kichi Taipo game, when, when Taipo won 3-0, 
And I ask you right after, you think Type 1 now a title contender? And you're like, no! <laughs> I don't think it was that emphatic. <laughs> so changing your mind slowly, right? Yeah, yeah, because of the evidence of this. Right. When the facts oh, change, I, I change I my opinion. That was what I found most impressive about that game. And it was a great three points for them to pick up, especially given how tight their fixtures have been recently. Because it was the fifth match in two weeks or something. And after 120 minutes and penalties against Ryomyong. And they had some other good news that weekend because Kichi had earlier beaten RNF. Revenge for Kichi's loss earlier in the season against the Guangzhou team. Fernando and Lucas again with a goal each. Zhu Yingzhi scored the other for 3-2. Giovanni getting the two for RNF, whose league form is really letting them down of late. A loss and two draws in their last five Hong Kong Premier League matches, while Kichi seem to be hitting form just at the right time. Their Guangzhou rivals are not. What else has happened? Yun Long drew two all with Lee Man. Hoi King lost 5-0 to Easton. Manuel Blader ending his scoring drought with a hat-trick. His last five goals now come against Hoi King thanks to a brace that he got in Easton's 6-0 win over them in January. That's a first win for Easton coach Andre Stolches and their next three league games are against Liman, Dreams and Yunlong so they might fancy their chances of getting a strong end to the season. Elsewhere, Southern beat Dreams 1-0 thanks to a goal from Wellington D'Souza five minutes from time to keep themselves in the hunt for the title, it is still tight up there. The top four separated by three points. Kitchy top, but with one match fewer to play than everyone else. Anyone could win it. And Toby, although we didn't have a senior men's Hong Kong game during the FIFA break, we did have some junior and women's games. Yeah, junior is a very optimistic term to call the under-23 team. But yes. <laughs> <laughs> Tell me what happened. We'll start with the women first who played in Hong Kong in Chen Kuan Oh on Sunday afternoon. And it was basically a friendly game in preparation for the Olympic qualifiers. They played against Chinese Taipei. Taiwan. Yeah. <laughs> Thanks for clarification, yes. Uh, also known as Taiwan or the Republic of China, but that would be too political. <laughs> and yeah, this game ended in a one-all draw. Which is not a bad result, actually. Hong Kong in the past had often quite a difficult time against the Chinese Taipei slash Taiwanese team. But yeah, this time it was quite evenly matched and the draw is something that they were quite satisfied with. Yeah, and they very nearly could have won it, right? They were 1-0 up through Chan Wings Air, but um, Chen Yanping equalized in the 88th minute for the Taiwan team. So, of course, maybe would have been happy with the draw overall, but they very nearly won it. What comes up next for the ladies team? Well, they will soon travel to the next Olympic qualifying round. will be a tough round this time, of course, because they have gone through the previous round uh, with very good performances. But now yeah, the opponents, of course, will get stronger and stronger. But yeah, this is the next big task that they are focusing on. In the meantime, the Hong Kong under-22 team played in the under-23 AFC qualifiers because they are just happening next year, right? So the team still needs to be under 22. Uh, and they traveled to Mongolia, where they were in one group with the hosts Mongolia, with North Korea. Of course, Hong Kong is always there with North Korea. It, it seems like always comes in a package, Hong Kong and North Korea. Right? Yeah. 
and uh, the fourth team in the group was Singapore. Hong Kong started against Singapore. Then, unfortunately, this game ended in a one-all draw, which retrospectively was not ideal, of course, given that they wanted to at least finish as runners-up. Then Hong Kong played against Mongolia, won eventually 1-0, and eventually they lost against North Korea 2-0. And that meant that they finished third in the group behind North Korea and Singapore and were eliminated from the qualification round. Singapore had some chances to qualify as runners-up, but then in the end, their goal difference was not good enough and yeah so just north korea qualified out of this group like always <laughs> <laughs> okay so currently don't have a coach for the senior men's national side but there is some inkling of who is going to take over yeah the rumor mill is fired up again <laughs> in the hkva headquarters so what we've heard so far is that the decision has been made so the new head coach now just has to agree on the final conditions and once the contract is signed they will announce it it is expected that he might join at the beginning of april then if things get finalized and the only clue that we got is that he is a foreigner guaylo so we again have a, a guaylo option that is most most realistic but that he is not known in hong kong that means it would disqualify people like Kevin Bond, uh, people like Joseph Gombau, who have been in the mix in previous rounds. So, yeah, maybe a new face. But yeah, that, that's all we know at that stage. And does this person have to pledge not to leave after three months? Yeah, it could be that they maybe adjust the probation period <laughs> clause a little bit. Would be good, I think. <laughs> okay, so Toby, we've got an interview this week. Yes, we did. The second of our player interviews this season. And it is with typo midfielder Philip Chan, someone we have talked about a lot this season because he's having a really good season, probably his best season so far in Hong Kong football after you know he, he's had time at South China, Southern, Eastern. Now he's a typo. He scored six goals so far this season. I think he's their joint top scorer. And he's really become an integral part of Lee Chikin's midfield operation. And so we met up with Philip in a coffee shop, so there's a little bit of background noise, which you'll hear. But shall we uh, run the tape? Let's run the tape. Okay, so Philip, I've been aware of you for as long as I've been following Hong Kong football. Mm -hmm. But I think this has been your best season so far with Taipo this year. Would you agree with that? Yes, um, I would. Personally, I've been you know, quite satisfied with um, how I've helped the team. And looking at uh, where we are on the table, yeah, I'm pretty pretty happy about how you know uh, we're on the top of the table right now, going for the title, four games left. And uh, in my career, I've never been in a position like this before. So yeah, I'm pretty happy with uh, this season. Yeah, so Taipo are top, four games left. A few of the teams who are in the hunt. What has made it work out so well so far? It's never easy, like uh, to get where we are right now. You know, a good football team who's been doing uh, good throughout the whole year probably has um, worked out many things. Like for us, what I think contributed to where we are today is the boss, our boss, our owner, who's been very supportive, given us a lot of freedom, um, really trusting us, and also. The coach, Mr. Lee, who really sorted out the team really well throughout the year. Not only did he plan plans every game on, on who starts and who's bench, he's been given a lot of um, support psychologically to the players and uh, he's been very fair and um, just treating the players like his own family. And of course, lastly, um, it all comes down to the players and um, my teammates You know, throughout the year, like, like myself, I would say, have been um, quite consistent and um, have been fighting every game until the last minute. And there are players who, who, who haven't been uh, playing every game and uh, probably have been you know, 
benched most of the time, but uh, every time they came on, they were giving out their 100%, and they've made the atmosphere real good, and uh, they've turned games where we're 1-0 down, 2-0 down into draws or like uh, or even uh, very nice comebacks. And who do you think have been the, the stars for the team this year? I would say everybody is, but if you really had me to um, point out two names or maybe three names, I would be I would probably point out our center defender Prize, who's been uh, very solid at the back, um, leading uh, other local players beside him. He hasn't been making any really severe mistakes that really cost us points, and um, he's been even scoring a lot of goals, crucial ones. And uh, yeah, he he he's really someone that we really need at the back. And I think up front, I'll probably point out Igor, who's been outstanding throughout the year, scoring crucial goals and making like numerous assists. Watching him play is just like really something that I would enjoy every day. Yeah, these two guys are like two, uh, definitely two main 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 players who's been helping the team a lot. And aside from them, you know, everyone. I, I don't think I can point out someone who hasn't been doing well uh, in the team. Yeah, everyone's just doing a really good job. Local players, especially, uh, have been doing better than I expected. That's about it. Uh, you mentioned the coach uh, Lee Chi Kin, uh, somebody who you go back a long way with. Mm -hmm. Can you tell me a bit more about your relationship with him? So I, I've been with him since I was uh, 13. He was um, head of the, the under 14 Hong Kong team, and um, we've been going out on trips to many places. I don't even remember how many we went to, but yeah, we go far back, maybe like 12 or maybe even, even 13 years back, and. Uh, most type of guys right now, the local guys have been with him uh, since we were like kids. And back in the days, it was a little bit difficult because he wasn't only a coach, but he really took care of our discipline. And he was more of like a, a mental person. And uh, he helped us not only with our football issues, but also, you know, issues with life and like uh, family problems, school problems or anything to do with our growth. He was he contributed to that. And, um, you know, back in the days, it was a little bit annoying and maybe uh, we rebelled a lot against him. But now that we've grown up and now we're in a position where we can win the, the Hong Kong League title, we look back. And we probably have to thank him for what he's done to us. Maybe he will thank us for, for helping him on the way too. You know, it was a help-help situation. But I'm pretty happy about knowing him since we were kids. And from then until now, the, the, the journey that we've taken, I've, you know, I've quite enjoyed it, yeah. And so there are four games left in the league. Uh, you also have the group stage of the AFC Cup coming up. What are your biggest aims for the rest of the season? AFC, we've done really well uh, qualifying for it. I think playing against Ramyong, you know, North Korean team, it's not easy. Like, uh, they're very physical and all. So getting into the AFC wasn't easy, really. We don't want to put the qualifiers to waste, but at the same time, we also have to take care of uh, the local games. We have a FA Cup left, and we also have the league title, which is very within our reach. We also don't want to put all the other games since September to waste too. We've done very well and uh, we've been given in you know, more than 100%. I think there's some players who've played with injuries, who've played with uh, a lot of concerns and uh, we've gone a very long way to where we are right now. So I'm not saying that we should prioritize anything, but right now for me, I'm more thrilled with uh, the league title because um, there's only four games left and uh, I, I believe we can, do, we can get it won't be too hard but it's definitely not going to be an easy challenge because uh, we still got to play a South and an RNF which will be two really tough games and after that we still got two more games but I think uh, we can manage that so yeah I mean um, let's hope the four games will be smoother than I imagine it to be and so the other three teams who are going for this are Kichi, RNF, Southern yeah 
out of those teams, who do you think is the biggest threat? I think RNF is a very, very tough team. Like they've got really good attacks, real good players, very high quality, and um, you know they can score with any style. They can go down the the wings. They can build up attacks, and they've been scoring a lot from uh, dead balls. You know they're definitely going to be really hard. But there's also Southland, which can be very defensive, which can be harder than we initially imagined. You know, uh, in the beginning of the season, we would not think uh, they would be at this position challenging us right now. But there they are right now. So you know they can get anybody a surprise at any time. So I'm not going to underestimate any team, but uh, RNF might be a little bit more challenging than Southland right now. Mm. So, yeah, but, you know, we, we're going to see how it goes. And so in the group stage of the AFC Cup, you'll be going back to North Korea, in this case, to play April 25th. You yeah. got a nil-nil draw away at Ryongyong in the in the qualifying round. I mean, are you looking forward to going back to Pyongyang to play? How was that? I'm, I'm not looking forward to go back to Pyongyang. But I'm looking forward to play against them because Pyongyang itself, the place itself, is a little bit difficult to uh, spend three days in. But yeah, I mean, April 25th, definitely a team that has competed in some high-level competitions. We don't have a lot of information about April 25th, but we know that it's probably the strongest team in North Korea. And North Korean teams can be very difficult and can be playing at high level. So yeah, we'll see because uh, we really don't know what the team is like. But I can imagine, I can sort of imagine how it is. You know, very disciplined, just like Rom Young, just a strong version of Rom Young. Very disciplined, very physical, very fast, and uh, players have very good mental, you know, mental preparations before the game. So yeah, I mean, uh, it will be a big challenge, and I'm looking forward to that. We'll see how it goes. And one team is also in the group that you know a lot about is Kichi. How do you feel about the fact that you've got two Hong Kong teams in the same group? In the beginning, we weren't really used to the fact that two teams from the same country in the group stage. But after a while, well, I think it might even be a better thing because we know Kichi inside out. We've played them three times this year, beat them once, lost them and drove them two. Or maybe we lost them twice. But yeah, anyway. We definitely um, won. We definitely won. Yeah, 3-0. So Kichi in the AFC would be Kichi minus players who are naturalized. So they'll depend more on their local players. And uh, so will we. And um, that might be a fun game to watch because it will be more like a local game, local vs. local game. And uh, the, the showrunners will be more of the local players. So that'll be a fun game. And yeah, we're looking forward to that. I don't think we lack any experience because uh, we just know them very well. So... Do you think Taipo can get out the group? I believe it's the only the first place that goes through. Yeah, that's another very weird part of the of the new AFC rule because um, back in the days it was um, four teams from four different countries and uh, two qualifiers. It's a little bit tough, you know. For now, it's a little bit tough, but. Once we get into the first one or two games, we will really have a clearer picture of how it will be. And uh, yeah, like I said, I, I don't want to underestimate anyone in, in the group station. You know, the last team will be the Taiwan team that you didn't mention, but you never know. So they can be up for a challenge too, but uh, you know, we, d we really don't know how they are too. So I really can't tell you right now, but I hope we can. I hope we can qualify here. Yeah. Uh, one thing I'm always particularly interested in is also uh, how youth development works in Hong Kong, right? I think you are a kind of a good example having played here as a youth player. But if I can trust your uh, Wikipedia entry, you have been in Portugal. Brazil. Uh, in Brazil. Yeah. How did you experience that? Uh, when I was uh, 14, that I, I went to Brazil. And uh, that happened because um, one of the coaches at my soccer school in Hong Kong uh, recommended me to go. He said uh, I seem like someone with potential and uh, he could bring me to explore myself a little bit. You know, we never agreed on how long we were going to stay, how long I was going to stay. 
whether I was going to turn professional there or not, but uh, my dad saw it as a good opportunity and he was a bit of a risk taker himself. So he was like, yeah, why don't you stop school and take a look at how real football looks like. So yeah, I ended up going there for you know a year. And did this shape you in terms of uh, having to play in another culture, being like more exposed to... Yeah, um, definitely, definitely. It shaped me, not only football-wise, but like in vision-wise, I, I see how, how big the world is, you know. When I was in Hong Kong back in the days, uh, during that period, I was probably one of the younger kids who were, who were more well-known, but uh, I, I, I found out I was nothing when I got to Brazil. People were just so strong, so fast, and um, so much more technical than, than Hong Kong or anywhere in Asia, I would say. The Brazilian guys were just different, you know, so it was, you can't find that type of football anywhere. They were, they were, they were passionate, they were very hungry for football and um, that was something that really impressed me until today I would say I wish Hong Kong kids were like that it's just so tough mentally and physically another uh, a question I would have is at what point did you actually decide or had the first time the idea of becoming a professional footballer well, I had that when I was at a younger age, but it was more like a dream, you know, nothing realistic about it. You know, it was always a dream. Every kid has a dream. Some wants to be an astronaut or something, or a policeman or something, but it was not until after I came back from Brazil. So um, I came back and I stuck with um, the current type of group, the local players. I mean, uh, Wong Wai, Kaho, Hingwa, and um, a couple more. Some left, but there's still a couple more. And um, the coach, who is Mr. Lee, made a team called... Uh, he didn't make the team, but we all started joining a team called Shamshik, where he, he took charge of. We all had a, a vision, you could say a vision, where we would go to the first division. Back then it was called the first division, uh, yeah. And uh, together from the third division. So we worked year after year, and we were only 16 back then. We didn't get to the first division until we were 19, 18. So that group stuck together until today. I left in the middle. I left when I was... Uh, 20, I went to another big team called South China, but um, they've been together for the whole time. They never left. And now, after a while, I came back, and now we're going for the title now. So it was a very, it was a very fun journey, yeah. And then I, I think once you started with your real professional career, you also studied at that yeah. time. How much pressure this is actually of being a, a full-time professional player, but also doing a university degree? Was it something that you particularly wanted to do as a kind of educational uh, opportunity as well to, to keep yourself open or how did it come about? Yeah, it was definitely uh, an educational opportunity. You know, HKU was a, definitely a good school and they gave me an opportunity where I could uh, study and play football. But it didn't turn out to be the way I imagined it to be straight after the first and second year. Because, uh, you know, to play football professionally, it doesn't matter where you are, you have to train every day. Uh, you probably, if you're lucky, you get one day off. And when that happens, and I have school, and when I, uh, when I need to go to college, it's almost impossible. So after the first year, I, I found out I really struggled. Like, it, it, was, it was very hard. I, I found out I was missing deadlines, coursework's, and everything. I was missing everything, and the school even complained about on multiple occasions they were like do you still want to do you actually still want to study you can quit right now that was really difficult because um we go into trainings in the morning and uh just rushing back in the afternoon to uh finish off some work that was really hard and uh what was supposed to be three years took uh five years of, of my time but uh, i finally made it and i look back right now i don't even know how i made it i don't even know how i did it there are still a lot of like uh, other football players now who study and play football right. at the same time i don't know how they managed to do it too but really it's something that deserves a lot of respect because mm. uh, it can be very tiring and it really tears you up mentally sometimes. Right. So yeah, I, I, cho I chose to do that, but now I don't regret it, but it was yeah, very, very difficult. Yeah. So 
Next up, I believe, is Hoi King yeah. in the league. And then the two league games after that are the real big ones against RNF away and Southern. Yeah, you know my schedule better than that. <laughs> <laughs> and so, looking at those two games in particular, how are you feeling? How are you preparing? Is the side prepared to go into, you know, the, the, both of those games could be real title deciders? We are so prepared, we don't talk about it every day. We just know how important it is. And um, even the cup, I think you forgot about there's a cup in between that, but unfortunately in football, every cup counts. So if we're going to become winners, we're going to, you know, we, there's, there's always something that we have to take home to remember, you know, like playing a good game, going home with a 1-1 draw doesn't matter because when people look at you, they look at how many cups you win, how many uh, trophies you've lifted. So we know how important this is, like uh, the league title and also the, the remaining cup. And also, uh, we're going to try to get as far as we can in the in the AFC Cup. But yeah, we're so prepared that we don't even think about it every day. We just know when we get onto the pitch, three points, three points, and another three points, and another three points. And that's our aim. I mean, we've gone through a hard two weeks just now, qualifying into AFC and winning two league games. We know that if we've done well in such a tight schedule, we're going to do just fine in the coming four games where they're really separated. We've got enough time to rest in between and probably to re-strategize re every game. And I think we're fine. Everyone's in good condition. There's a little flu going on in the team, but we're gone in no time at all. After the, the Pegasus game, there was, uh, we, uh, there's two weeks where there's no game, there's a break. So we're having a four day break right now, just so we can go back and on Friday, uh, real fresh. And um, we're gonna go all the way until June now. So we'll see how many cups we can get out of that remaining two months. Well, we wish you good luck. Okay, thank you. The Hong Kong Football Podcast comes out every two weeks, dropping on each second Wednesday. Make sure you never miss our latest show by subscribing on iTunes, SoundCloud, Podcast Addict, or wherever else you get your podcasts. Okay, so let's talk about that big game on April 3rd at the Mongkok Stadium under the lights, AFC Cup. Kitchy versus Taipo. Both sides really don't need any more fixtures, but they have them uh, with FA Cup quarterfinals and the league title running. But here they are with maybe their biggest meeting of the season. I guess we can expect a busy Mongkok Stadium that night. I hope so, but I think Kitchy has not announced yet their ticket pricing. <laughs> Still waiting for that before I make my final prediction. <laughs> wow, so I hadn't even taken that into account. So Taipo, of course, it was only $80 to get in for the Ryongyong game. Presumably they'll stick with that for their home group games. But yeah, Kitchy could really put a dent in the crowd figures by... Um, God, what will they do? $200? <laughs> I hope not. <laughs> I wouldn't put it past them anyway. I, I think... Both teams will really go for it. You know, Kichi normally get a couple of thousand to their big games anyway. Plus, you've got typos following. Plus, you've got any neutrals who are attracted to that kind of big AFC occasion. Are you feeling confident? For typo? Yeah. Yes, not too bad. I mean, as Philip Chan just mentioned, the team will be different for Kichi. They cannot rely on Matt Lam or Jared Lam and these players. I think it's still not clear if Yuta Nakamura is allowed to play or not. We will probably find out <laughs> next Wednesday. So it could make it more even in terms of the players that are on paper. But just the confidence that Taipo have at the moment and knowing now that they can beat Kichi on a good day, I think it will make a difference and it will. we will see hopefully quite competitive game. It seems also that it doesn't make a difference for Taipo if they play 
different type of sports ground or they play in Mong Kok. I think all players regard Mong Kok to be the best pitch in terms of the, the quality and, and the turf and all of this. I'm just looking forward to it. I'm curious about the atmosphere, how it will be, if it's like kind of a league game or is it you know, a bit more than this. And yeah, it's especially the turnout, what we can expect from that. Yeah, so, <laughs> and so much talent on the pitch, right? Because Fernando and Lucas have finally, after a quiet first half of the season, have really hit form for Kichi. Christian Vadoc has settled in a little bit more than he did when he returned from his brief stint away from the club. And on the other side, of course, you've got Igor Sartori, probably the best player in Hong Kong right now, and a lot of other players for like Philip Chan. Wong Wai probably isn't playing as well this season as he did last season, but he's still a great player to have. Sandro will be looking to do something against his former club. Of course, he got two against them in the league and he's going to be a goal threat as well as long as he's fit and healthy so there's a lot to look out for in this game there will be some FA Cup fixtures I, I just don't think we have the time <laughs> to go into them but just uh, for your reference listeners Typo are going to play Dreams Kichi are going to play Lee Man Pegasus are going to play Yoon Long and Southern are going to play RNF in what looks like the tastiest of those quarterfinals so if you miss Eastern in the mix they have been eliminated previously by Dreams yeah, and did you see Dreams' promo for this no. game? <laughs> uh, you know, because they're always really funny on like Instagram and stuff. And do you know that meme with the guy and the girlfriend and the guys looking the other way? Yeah, yeah. And so they've done it so that um, Typo is the guy and then the like, the hot girl who he's looking at is the AFC Cup and the league. <laughs> and then the girlfriend is the FA Cup. <laughs> So what they're kind of alluding to is that Typo aren't going to play very well in this game because they have so many distractions. Uh, Dream should win an award, no? They should win an award for their social media output, if nothing else. Uh, okay, but yeah, back in the league. On Friday the 5th, 5.30pm, Lee Man will play Easton in Chung Kwan Not the most exciting of games. <laughs> yeah, well, Lehman could maybe decide early on to get out of the relegation battle finally if they would cause an upset against Eastern. Seems doable at the moment. I think Eastern are this kind of question mark for most of the season. And yeah, for Eastern themselves, there's not too much to play for anymore. They're out of any cup in the league. They won't do any great damage at that point. Maybe only it becomes a, a race for the stadium choice eventually, as we still don't know how R&F are going to decide next season. This is an interesting subplot, which we haven't really discussed at all. Should we recap this a little bit for any listeners who aren't familiar? Because most Hong Kong sports grounds are government-run, they are distributed to the teams by the league, and no one has a home stadium per se, apart from district teams like Taipo, Yunlong, Southern. So if you want to play at Mong Kok, you have to finish in the top two to get one of the top two first refusals on that stadium, right? And so, in short, the higher you finish, the better stadium you're going to get. Eastern used to be at Mong Kok Stadium because they used to finish first and second. Now they are at Hong Kong Stadium because they finished like fourth. And so that is something that they could have in mind because two of the top four are going to be district teams, right? So they will stay. Taipo and Southern will stay where they are. Kichi will probably stay at the Mong Kok Stadium. And then the question is R&F, if they finish in the top four and if they could have a choice of going to the Mong Kok Stadium, would they relocate from Guangzhou to Mong Kok? That would be controversial in itself, but it would also mean that Eastern wouldn't be able to choose that stadium. Right. Exciting. <laughs> Exciting subplot. <laughs> but it does have an effect, right? Because if you're at Mong Kok, you're going to have bigger gate receipts because people are more likely to go to a centrally located, nice stadium. If you're in Chung Kwan 
which isn't a great stadium and which is definitely not centrally located, you're going to struggle for numbers, for fans. Right. Even Hong Kong Stadium, to be honest, mm. it's, it's a pain to get there. And yeah, you would prefer if you're one of the top teams to play in Mong Kok, at least. I yeah, would say. definitely. So that's something which I hadn't thought about. But yeah, Eastern could have their eye on. More excitingly, on Saturday the 6th, speaking of out-of-the-way stadiums, at Ching Yi Sports Ground, 2.30pm, Dreams will play RNF. It feels like no side in the top four can afford to drop any points at the moment because there are so many teams in the mix. So whether that's against the teams around them or against the sides nearer the bottom of the table. So RNF need to take three points here, don't they? And it feels like they will. Yeah, it feels like they will. I think so. <laughs> Even though Dreams will win on the marketing front, <laughs> RNF might still win on the pitch. Similarly, Taipo against Hoi King, 2.30pm on Sunday the 7th in Sham Shui Po. It's the same kind of situation, right? I guess no slip-ups allowed. Hoi King, of course, did beat Southern earlier in the season, so they are capable of providing an upset, will they? I hope not. <laughs> I don't think so. I, I think that Taipo just at the moment have this confidence that they won't slip up at that stage of the season. That's my <laughs> take on it. Yunlong versus Pegasus at Yunlong Sports Ground, Sunday 5.30. So the two sides will play each other consecutively in the cup and then in the league. Pegasus's season has sort of faded into indifference recently. Top striker Travis Major has started on the bench for the past two matches. I'm not sure why, but he hasn't managed to provide any goals when he's come on. That's three games without a goal for him, although two of them from the bench. Maybe we'll see his return to the starting 11. And Yulong will, of course, be back to full strength. All of those suspensions saved. But yeah, not much riding on this game. As you said, I feel for Pegasus, the highlight of the season was the Lunar New Year Cup. And that's not a good sign for, <laughs> for a professional club. I don't know. They, they have never really looked like a competing side. That might have many different reasons, but it's a bit of a shame. Given that it's a very, very strong season they had last year, right? Where they were in the mix until very late and actually the only real rival to Kitschi for part of the season. So yeah, it's a bit of a shame. Yeah, and they seem to be, especially against Taipo, they try in a few different options. You know, they've got Janino or Walter Jr. They've got Sasaki Shu, Yun Chun Sing. It seems as though they're trying to make something work with those guys up front, but none of them provides the same threat, the same kind of central direct threat that Major does. So I'm not really sure what they're going for. It didn't work in an attacking sense against Taipo, but fingers crossed they can sort something out and have a strong end to the season. And finally, the big one is on Monday the 8th, under the lights at the Mongkok Stadium, Kitchi versus Southern, 8pm, market in your diaries. Mark. <laughs> one of many title deciders to come over the next few weeks neither side can drop any points but at least one of them will have to Kichi have won their last four games three of them with a clean sheet in those four Lucas and Fernando have eight goals between them their top men are hitting their stride for the season's final stretch Southern are unbeaten in four though that includes the 3-3 draw with RNF, which felt like a win. And of course, the Aberdeeners beat Kitchi last time the sides met in the league. It was 2-0 that day. And one interesting element to this is how head-to-head -head is used instead of goal difference, right, in the Premier League. So if you finish on the same points as a team, but you have an inferior head-to-head -head record with them, then you finish below them. So 
that's going to be quite tough for Kichi because they have inferior head-to-head -head records against Typo and RNF already. So unless they beat Sudden by two goals or more, they're also going to have an inferior head-to-head -head record. So what that means is that essentially in the title race, they are a point behind everyone else because they're going to have to beat them on points. They can't finish on equal points with anyone, which would leave them at something of a disadvantage. Typo and RNF will probably hope for a draw in this game so that both sides miss out on the three points. It's going to be a big game. It's going to be a big occasion. I think we'll get a big crowd. Mm -hmm. like, including Typo and RNF fans. <laughs> Cheering for the draw. Yeah. <laughs> How will it go? It's very hard to predict, no? I think that Kitsch, of course, have momentum. I think we have discussed this before. They have had very convincing wins against Dreams and then a very convincing win against Yunlong. But then, yeah, these are teams that are in the lower part of the table they still have to show if they have the quality at the moment to take down a bigger team they just did with the three to r and f win but this was a close game it was not like r and f didn't have any chances at all i think they they came close to actually draw or score a couple of goals <laughs> themselves so i wouldn't say that kitsche showed there that they are completely back on track but this will be the big test for them and eventually becomes almost a decisive game for them if they are still in the race for the last three rounds yeah it just with so many teams involved it just feels like you can't drop anything because one team will probably maybe not win all of their games but might go unbeaten to the end of the season and yeah it's so tense up at the top there what is interesting is the what made the real difference for Kichi is the arrival of Matt Smith. Like I said, they've three clean sheets in their last four games. He seems to have really helped out solidifying things at the back there for Kichi. And Southern, for the first half of the season, were known for their very mean defense. They had the best defense in the league. They still do. They've conceded the fewest goals, but after that, it is Kichi who are gaining on them a little bit. Southern have conceded 13 in 14, and Kichi have conceded 16 in 15. I mean, I know you don't get any medals for having the best defense, but... It helps. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's what I was trying to say. Okay, I think that is everything for this very special 100th edition of the Hong Kong Football Podcast. So that's it. That's the last episode. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we're done. <laughs> Uh, yeah, thank you for sticking with us for 100 episodes, if you have done so. And if not, you can listen to the remaining 99. Start with episode 77, it's the best. <laughs> and yeah, here's to the next 100 episodes. <laughs> All right. <laughs> Listeners, have a great time at the football this weekend. Hope your team wins. Take care. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. like Hong Kong, that's a place for you.